Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. to the show, everybody, Seth and Short Sports Radio, the last and final show of the 2017 calendar year, and those taps were for two things this week, unfortunate passing of Dick Emberg and the unfortunate conclusion of the Seth and Short Sports Radio show, fantasy football team, which happened last night. Seth Gaiman, Sean Palmer. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. And thank you very much to my brother's family, not only for hosting me, for, but for getting me sick. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> Seth. Oh, it sounds like Seth's not exactly uh, well to do either this morning. Uh, the cold, frigid air has certainly taken over the Northeast. We're not looking at above zero Celsius this entire week. Yeah, I can't wait. And only I would get sick flying down to Florida, um, where I spent the last five days before getting back last night. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody, and welcome to the show. But yeah, my wife and I both get sick down in 85-degree weather. Little dude is running around. I'm now home dealing with uh, client Michigas. And what a really pretty terrible sports year. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just not very Well, look, there there are positives and negatives to the entire year, right? I mean, if you look at every single one of my teams, we just suck. I mean, you at yeah, least but your have some... suck every, your team your your teams suck every year. Let's see. Uh, that, you know, you know, that's not really true. In the last couple of years the Mets have done very well. The the Qs has done very well in basketball. And, I mean, I've had something to look forward to. And this year, it seemed like the Mets were looking for, for a good year, and you had predicted a good year. I did not. And then you had predicted a uh, good year for the Yankees. I did not. Or I did. You did not. And uh, they have come back strong. And I have to say they are definitely, for me, the surprise team of 2017. Now, we knew that they would be better 
but we certainly did not think that they would be as good as they were. And welcome to New York, Michael Stanton. So, I mean, let's just put another, uh, I don't know, 50 to 60 home runs in the outfield, and let's see where we go in 2018. But definitely the surprise 2017 was the New York Yankees. And you could also put the Giants for the other side. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> definitely didn't see them well, at 2-13 and 13 going into the final week of the NFL season. Well, my, my teams have certainly had better years. It, is, it has not been a great run. But, you know, as I say every year, or seems to be the last five years, I've won my share and your share and everyone else's. So I have no complaints. Um, a disappointing end to, as you said, our, our fantasy, our, our fantasy. I won't say an end to our dynasty because we have two first place and two second places. Um, but this is the first time that, you know, yes, Antonio Brown wasn't there, but we would have lost probably anyway. We just didn't have a good week. Um, and congrats to Daryl for beating us. Um, it, you know, what can you do? Uh, on the other hand, I, I did place in all three of my leagues, including last night, based upon the greatest ending to a to a fantasy football championship ever. There, there, there is no better ending than watching. I was on the phone with. Did I? T- I, I, I didn't. T- did I, you see my text message this morning? I did, but I, I didn't watch the game. So why don't you give us a little recap? The game, the game was terrible. There were five turnovers in the fourth quarter. Uh, five thirty seconds. I was up eight going into last night, playing against uh, uh, Elliot, the kicker, and Alshon Jeffrey, who didn't have a catch. They had the kicker has eight seven has four points, kicks a field goal with fifteen seconds to go, four point a four point field goal, a forty eight yarder gives him eight points. I'm up a tenth of a point. I call Jay Rose to get a good laugh because that's who I'm playing in, in the third-place game after we both had just terrible, terrible weeks. And I said, wouldn't it be funny if, in knowing my luck, somehow the Raiders pull one of these stupid Stanford Cal plays and Philadelphia gets the ball on the defensive play and scores a touchdown. Of course, that's exactly what happens on the last play of the game. Um, five laterals, and then I think with Fletcher Cox scores the touchdown. And all Philly needs to do is kick the extra point, and I lose. And then they nail the extra point because they won 19 and I win by a tenth of a point. <laughs> well, Jason was crazy. Congratulations for your third uh, yeah. place victory. Uh, uh, I, two I seconds and a third. Not great. I, on the other hand, wrote, rode Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell along with Carson Wentz and then the pickup of Nick Foles over the last two weeks to a 14-0 and season. Wow. 14-0. and Actually, it's 15-0. 15-0 at this point is I didn't get a bye. So 15-0. and So thank you, Todd Gurley, for being Todd Gurley. My Lord, I think you and I had this discussion earlier in the year as to who I would protect. And it wasn't in this league, but I had Gurley in the fourth round, and I said, eh, maybe, maybe not based on last year. Wow, this this team, I lost Greg Olson very early. I got Carson Wentz in like the 14th round. Um, My first two picks were Bell and Brown. Sorry, (laughs) Bell and Gurley. And then I continued to – 
just pick up running backs. So nobody else had a running back pretty much the entire year. My running backs consisted over the course of the year of Lamar Miller, Samij Perrine, Bilal Powell. Uh, I had Alex Collins at one time. It was just a litany of running back wealth. You could play three. I didn't have great wide receivers. I had Tyreek Hill later picked up uh, Mike Wallace this week. I had Jarvis Landry. This was not a PPR league because Jarvis, Jarvis Landry would have been fantastic. But I ran with Greg Zerline all year, and he had come, he's come up huge. A 15-0 week, a 15-0 season. Not really sure I can beat that. Uh, backsportspage.com, thank you very much for the money. I will look forward to seeing it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I, last week was the one week that I actually thought I might have a shot at losing. I was down 30 and uh, I had a 15% chance of winning, and I won by 45. Uh, this year, this week, I won by 28. So, good for me. 15-0 season. Very happy with that. So, uh, you can't say very much for the NFL this week. I have to say that there were not many exciting games at all. In fact, the games were actually quite boring. Every single one of them. Game, Falcons game, Giants game. There was not an exciting game amongst any of them. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I was a little disappointed. I didn't get to watch any of the, uh, the NBA yesterday, but I was a little disappointed that the jerseys were normal jerseys and not the ones that they've worn in the past. Did we lose Seth? Oh, no, no, you didn't. Um, but, you know, I don't really have much. I didn't watch most of the early games except for I saw that we were at a sports bar for, I guess, part of the one o'clock. Um, and we saw the, the, New, the overturn of the Calvin Benjamin touchdown for Buffalo, which was just an awful call. I'll tell you, New England, as great as they are, they, it is true that, I guess, the harder, the, the more successful you are, the luckier you get because, good Lord, that was an awful call. It didn't really mean very much. They probably would have won the game anyway. But Buffalo, actually, no, I don't know. Buffalo, I think, would have gone up 10 if that counted. Um, that was all, I saw a little bit on, on my flight home. I saw someone in Pittsburgh, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Houston, which was terrible. And then I did get home for the third quarter of, of, uh, of the Philly game last night. Which I watched simply to see if to see how badly I was going to lose to Rose to lose the third place game, um, not thinking I really had a realistic chance to win. So um, it was a terrible week. Next week will be relatively pointless. Um, you know, a little bit of seeding, but not the best game will probably be the Rams in San Francisco, who's won four in a row and looks like a, jug, a juggernaut under uh, Jimmy G. I'm curious to see how much money John Lynch is going to offer him. Well, he's got one of two options here. He's either got to franchise him, right? Because Jimmy G is a is not a restricted free agent. He is an unrestricted free agent. So you either have to franchise him, or you got to offer him at least the next two years of franchise tags in order to sign him as as an unrestricted free agent. I would think, because 
he can go the Kirk Cousins way of just taking the tag this year and then taking the tag next year if he really wants to. I mean, that's the the new way of um, monetizing how much a contract is going to be, at least for a quarterback, where injuries are not plentiful. So I think that they made the trade. They made a trade for a second-round pick this year at the trading deadline, knowing this is what the cost was going to be. And I think that they're going to sign him to a, a – they have almost $100 million under the cap, as do the Jets, thankfully. Uh but free agency has never solved all the issues, but at least with the, with a quarterback, it certainly can. And I think they, they pay him. I think you're looking at a five-year, $100 million, at least, with probably $40 million guaranteed. And who would have ever thought that for Jimmy Garofalo at the beginning of this year? I certainly didn't. No, and I have no argument with you. I think you're absolutely correct. Um, and it does – I mean, it does give San Francisco some – some really some momentum they haven't had since the Kaepernick days three or four years ago um, when they went to the Super Bowl against Baltimore and when they lost a very tight game to Seattle on the NFC title game, which I want to say is around 2014 probably, 2013, 2014. Now, unlike, unlike either of our teams, which don't reco- which apparently take more than three years to recover <laughs> from such highs. Well, I guess for your team, it's been 41 years since it's recovered to that high. Well, we don't need to discuss that. So, Seth, we can barely hear you, bud. You're, you're mumbling a little bit. So, just uh, too bad. That was, it, it was a good diff. It was a good diff on the Jets, so I'm sorry to hear that you couldn't hear it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, the Jets have a number of jabs at us, and we'll once again be looking at a top 10 pick. So, uh, who knows? I mean... The good part is the Niners have their quarterback. The bad part is Denver has been so bad that they may be looking at a quarterback in the first round in the top three picks. We saw that Josh White has declared, and we also saw that Josh Rosen has said, I want no part of Cleveland, which is he going to pull an Eli Manning at the top of the draft? I don't really think he has the leverage that Eli did. But if Sam Donald doesn't come out, I think Josh Rosen's the number one pick in the draft. And the number one pick in the draft is uh, is going to Cleveland. No no question about it. Yeah, and Cleveland can't trade the pick. I mean, the practicality is they need to go back. And whether it's Donald or whether it's Rosen, that's who they're going to take. I, I cannot imagine new GM John Dorsey is going to be cowed by anything that a that a that a, that a college player is saying. That he doesn't. He didn't say he does. He won't play in Cleveland. He said he prefers to play with the Giants. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Who wouldn't? But um, I don't think that this. Is, I don't. I don't really see the. As you said, I don't see his leverage here. Um, I can't see Cleveland trading the pick. Oh no. I think if Cleveland uh, traded the pick, uh, Jimmy Haslam would be would be going the way of the stake. I mean, I, I they trade another first round pick in the top ten and don't take a quarterback. I, I don't think you'll have any Browns fans left. I mean, I think they finally have they have two top ten picks with Houston's pick as well. 
They have the number one pick in the draft. I could conceivably, if all three quarterbacks come out, see them not taking one with the first pick and maybe taking one with the fourth or fifth. But, man, that would be some type of risk. I'm not sure they'd go that route either. Well, right now, what do we have as the order? We have, right currently, it's Cleveland 1, Indy 2, Giants 3, I believe. No, Indy's 2. Giants are 2. Giants are 2, Indy's. Okay. Indy's 3. Uh, I think Denver's four, and then uh, and then the Browns again are five, and the Jets are six. You may have a real problem. I know. You may not. Don't tell me that. Yeah. I know. You got Cleveland taking one of them. You got probably Denver taking another one. You got Giants taking the third. I know I got a real problem. Uh, trust me. I thought about this over and over and over again. Nobody is going to be a bigger Bronco fan this week than me. Nobody. Because the Broncos are tied with the ah, – Now you're asking me to look they, up last place schedules. Hold on a second. No, they have By to the play, way, they have I, will to play take, I will take full and complete credit for saying that the, the Broncos would be in last place this year. You will. You, you can. You, you've been better than me. All right. Although you're – your pick so we, does not match up some. Oh no, my picks stink. But at least I got that. One. I mean, my my picks are horrendous. I think both of our picks are probably horrendous this year. But hold on a second, I'm getting the schedule up. No, some dude, reason. I'm in third place. Oh no, no, no! I'm not talking about picks for the year. I'm not talking about pick 'em picks. I'm talking about picks for, at the beginning of the year when we made them. Remember, we went through the whole preseason, and we went through and we picked who was going to be in first place, who was going to be in last place, that whole NFL preview. Yeah. Yeah, All right, so Denver plays – Kansas City plays at Denver, and Kansas City has absolutely nothing to win for. Are they stuck in the four seed? They're stuck in the four. So I think that's a good uh, that's that's good for me. They have absolute, They may play Pat Mahomes. They may. Not that that will help, but they may play Pat Mahomes. The Giants play the Redskins. Both teams with nothing to root for to play for. Indianapolis play the Texans. Both teams with absolutely nothing to play for, except the Texans would like the Browns to have a worse draft pick. But that's about it. So, yeah, the Jets are in a lot of – and the Jets play the Patriots, which I think it's at New England. So, Patriots, there's no way we win that game. For. You're not winning that game either way. Yeah. Yeah, the Patriots have nothing to play – yes, they do. The Patriots absolutely have something to play for. Oh, that's Since right. Pittsburgh they won they last night. The one seed yet. Yeah, they haven't clinched the one Yeah, they haven't. Right. So, they absolutely have something to play for. And Pittsburgh – had this up a second ago. Exactly. Pittsburgh plays the Browns. So, in Pittsburgh. So, I got to think that's probably a win for Pittsburgh in an 0-16 season for the Browns. <laughs> I would think so. <laughs> that's just sad. The second 0-16 season in history, probably behind the, with the Lions. The, the Bucks had been 0-14. But, you know... 
it's funny because out of this 0-16 season for the Browns, you do see some talent there. I know you're, you're going to make a claim that, that they're 0-16. How much talent could they have? But they do. They absolutely do have some talent. They just don't have a quarterback. And a quarterback can make all the difference in the NFL. So one never knows. That that certainly could happen. Uh, I'm, I'm still lost on where they oh, – wait, wait, wait. I'm still lost on where they have talent. Their wide receivers well, they have Josh other Gordon. Josh Gordon. Right. Other, Josh other than Josh Corey, Gordon. Josh Coleman, Gordon and Corey Coleman. Who's done very little. They have the rookie Their tight defense, end. Yeah, David Joy, Kojic. Their defense has actually played pretty well this year. It's not been total disaster, unmitigated disaster. They have some talent. I wouldn't say they have playoff talent. Playoffs. But they do have some talent. Look, I, if they get a good quarterback, if they get a Sam Donald or a Josh Rosen, I can see them being 6-10 and 10 next year. I could with one more good draft. But we'll we'll see. So, all right. So, who is your surprise in the NFL this year? If there is one. Not a bad oh. surprise because that's the Giants. Oh, Jack- oh, it's Jacksonville. I mean, look, the two teams you have – actually, I should say it's the Rams 1 and the Jacksonville 2. Because, yep. you know, you look, you look at the, uh, you look at this team, and you look, the Eagles, yeah, thirteen and three or thirteen and two or twelve and three, whatever they are. You had the winning division. I had them nine and seven. Did I think that they would be this good? No, but I was. I could certainly see them making a playoff run. <laughs> I did not see yep. the Ram. I did not see the Rams making a playoff run. I didn't see Jackson I, after last year's debacle, where I thought they actually had some potential. I didn't see Jacksonville making a run. Um, those are the two teams, and I look at, and now I look at the Rams, saying, "Man, that team is could potentially be Super Bowl bound." Which, yeah, cause I, I don't because without without Wentz, I don't know if I can see Philly winning, especially after last night. Um, Minnesota is probably my favorite, but they still don't have a great running game, and it's still Case Keenum at the end of the day. I think that I think you look at the NFC. The NFC, I mean, the, the NFC is a complete toss-up. I don't think anyone really has a clue how the NFC is going to play out at this point. And I'm going to love watching the NFC playoffs. I'm going to like normally I root I, I I watch the AFC just. Look, I'm a Jets fan. When the Jets when the Jets are out, it's everybody versus the Patriots, right? That's generally the way that Jets fans play. The same way as if you're a Mets fan, it's everybody versus the Yankees. Very similar. But I think the hatred for the Pats is actually more than that of the Yankees. So we generally then go and watch the AFC games, and we just hope for a miracle that somebody beats the Patriots. I got to tell you, this year I find so much more intrigue with the NFC than the AFC. I'm kind of bored with the AFC at this point. I have no. Well, oh, you're desire bored to because there's, the there's only two no, no, teams, there's on. only two teams that can legitimately win. But the teams that hold on, but the teams that are in the playoffs are actually boring. I mean, let's uh, let's look at them. Is Kansas, Kansas City boring? The Ravens are yeah. terrible to watch. The Ravens are boring. Jacksonville is boring. Look, they're good, Agreed. but they're boring. If you look Agreed. at the Giants, let, let's look at the Giants and their Super Bowl wins, right? They were not exciting teams. They were boring. No. 
I agree. Absolutely boring teams, and that's what Tom Coughlin is doing. It's a boring team to watch. So you have Jacksonville, boring. You have Ravens, boring. You have Kansas City, boring. They are. They have big play potential that they had in the first first half of the year, but they haven't seen that in a long time. And that team no, is not Tyre- based. That team is I not based on but being I, I, I disagree, but I understood. But that team is not based on being exciting. That team is based on trickery. No, it's not. That team is based I agree. on being plain and then maybe once in a while throwing huge bombs to Tariq Hill. It's not an exciting team by any stretch no. of the imagination. No, it is okay. not exciting like so, the Rams or like the Eagles were. I agree. Right. So you have Pittsburgh. Okay, Pittsburgh's kind of exciting. Especially without Antonio Brown. I think they're more exciting without Brown than they were with Brown. I think they're better with him, but I think they're more exciting without him. Martavius Bryant and Juju Schuster have made that big play potential a whole lot better. So, okay, so we have Pittsburgh kind of exciting. New England? New England's exciting. I just hate them. I mean, every 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 bit about them. So who's who's the other team that I'm missing here? I got five. Right. And then it's Who's a winning the West? Between San Di- it's, it's between San Diego, Tennessee, and I think Buffalo. San Diego okay, is the most so interesting of the three to watch. By far. I actually love watching Philip Rickers. <laughs> because I, I think he's one of the more animated players in football. I love watching Rivers. Nothing is ever good enough for that guy, including eight children. Nothing is ever good enough. So... <laughs> So, uh, okay, so you got the Chargers are exciting, Pittsburgh's kind of exciting, and New England I hate. Okay, let's flip it over to the NFC. The Eagles are an exciting team. I view them mm-hmm. as an exciting team. I think okay, so the Eagles are exciting. Minnesota, not really exciting. Other than Kansas no, they're Keenum, a defense team. Not, not, they're defense play first. The Rams are definitely exciting. And who, who am I missing here? You got to help me out here. I'm doing this all top okay, ten. Okay, New Orleans. New Orleans is exciting. New Orleans is is awesome. I love watching Drew Brees at work. Atlanta still in the game, or are they out now? No, they're still. They win. They're in. They're still in the game. Okay, they're not a very exciting team. And by the way, as much as you loved Devontae Freeman last week, did you kind of hate can't. him yesterday? If we didn't lose by as much as we lost by, I would have. Um, but we got our butts kicked. So, I mean, it's hard to be that angry at, at any individual. But, yeah, we we stunk last week yesterday. There's no other way to put it. Well, and, and, and note to ourselves, both of us, always leave $5 for the playoffs. <laughs> we yeah. could have used two more dollars yesterday. That would have been helpful. Always leave $5. We killed ourselves with wideouts. Okay. And who who else is left? I mean, did I get all, Car- all six? Most like it's Carolina. Carolina is probably the team that's left. Okay. Who's also, not bad yeah. to watch? Cam's Cam, right? I mean, still an exciting player to watch. Yeah. But needless to say, I'm not looking forward. I'm actually rooting for Case Keenum because I'd like to see a Super Bowl played by a team that's in the stadium. I think that would be really, really cool. Since the since the Super Bowl is being hosted in Minnesota, and I'm not watching the Super Bowl anyway, because I'll be in Australia or on a plane. What makes so you think? What, what, makes you want, 
What makes you think you won't be watching in Australia? I don't know. I just a, have a funny what do you feel. find a pretty what do you what, what do you find a hot get girl from down under who happens to be a big American football fan? Then you might not see me back. <laughs> I mean, all it takes is a all it takes is a hot girl, and he's going to move fifteen thousand miles. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, how long have you known me? Does this make anything other than perfect sense to me? A football, fan, a hot girl that likes me and likes football. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I didn't I'm say in. she. I didn't say she. Li- I didn't say she likes you. I said she well, met up. She think, may like you for a day. Oh, oh, dude! You're not. You know, you're not embodying the Christmas spirit right now. Bah humbug <laughs> to you. Seriously. My team is two and thirteen. I have no. I have no Christmas spirit. <laughs> Extremely bah humbug to you. Okay, so let's move <laughs> on to others. So, all right. So we'll get to our NFL playoff preview next week. Uh, at the first yep. of the year, and next week we also have our New Year's resolutions for all the sports. So that'll be uh, next Tuesday, sometime. Uh, it seems like we're juggling the times, but I'll tell you, this year, 2017, we made you a promise at the beginning of the year. We said that there would be, we would have a, a, a show every Tuesday. I'm sorry we missed one. So 51 Tuesdays out of 52. No, yeah. I think we only I missed one. Did... Okay, maybe we only missed one. Um, I thought we had missed. I... I thought I had missed another one when you were away. But oh, 50, that makes sense. Now... Okay, so 50, now, to, but so 50 to, 50 now out of fair, everyone was on Tuesday, and for the next couple weeks, yeah. with w- since Carly is not teaching, it may be easier to do it during the week, during the day because it's <laughs> in the ass at night. But um, but yeah, um, we, we we did hold to the best of our ability. We held. To the two, to the Tuesday games, and, and we also so. had Tuesday shows in various continents. So we're we're <laughs> we're, we're very happy that you, you stuck along with us for this year. Okay, so moving on, I'll tell you what I got my Christmas miracle last week, and you and I have discussed this ad nauseum over the course of the last year, two years, three years. <coughs> I am very I am very happy to say that Barclays Arena will be gone, at least as far as Islander fans are concerned, within the next three years. For those that did not hear, uh, I almost went to Syracuse for some reason. Well, Syracuse wants to say Bonaventure, but that's a different story. So now you and I both have something in common, by the way. But yeah, the, fa- the fact is the New York State, some governmental agency that I have no idea who runs it, uh, ran in a request for proposal, Belmont, Belmont uh, Park, which is in Elmont, which is in Queens, which I drove by yesterday, will be the new home to the New York Islanders sometime around 2020. We fought, as I called my brother right after this, right after the announcement, the Islanders finally have a home again. And then we went to Barclays and watched an awful game from awful seats in an awful arena for hockey. But we did it because we're still fans. But I'm very happy to say that I got my new, I got my Christmas gift early. I'd really like a New Year's gift early with John Tavares signing a nice long contract. But we'll get to that hopefully in 2018. But I was very happy for that. And uh, yeah, hockey is there, there is one person there. There is one person I know who is extremely unhappy about this. 
a good friend of mine, Russ Mesnick, who is, I don't think he's as big an Islander fan as you are, but he's a pretty big one. But the problem he has is he lives across the street from Belmont, literally across <laughs> the street. And when we talked, to, I went out for drinks with him last week uh, for our, our annual Christmas get together. He was now he had a few drinks in him, but he was cursing this out left and right because of what it was going to do for traffic and how it was going to be just a complete and utter disaster. Um, so, Russ, I wish you the best of luck with it. Plus, I'm glad I kicked oh, you off fantasy football semis. However, Russ, I will caution you that your property rights may – your property value may go up because the Belmont racetrack uh, Long Island Railroad stop will now be a full-time stop, and they will be making that year-round. So while the traffic may be nuts, you may be able to sell high and get out real quick. I don't know, just a thought. Maybe then you can go towards Brooklyn since the since the traffic will be less, and then you can live there since the Islanders would no longer be playing there. You could just keep jumping around the Islanders a little bit. But the good part is you can raise your daughters as Islander fans and just walk across the street. Good for you. Not sure that makes you any happier. But, oh, well, we'll get to that. Okay, so year in review. So we had North Carolina winning the national championship. Duke coming up with a huge monster recruiting class, probably the favorite still, even though they did lose, going into 2018. Some memorable uh, times in the NCAAs this year. I, the one thing that grabs my mind is the scandal. I mean, I, I had to look back to make sure that it was North Carolina that won this year, and I, I seem to have recalled that after losing to Villanova the year before. But the only thing that comes to mind when I think of 2017 is how the NCAA may have to really started really cracking down due to the FBI on recruiting. Yeah. And Rick um, Pitino done. When I said this was a crappy year with sports, I wasn't joking. Um, now, first of all, if anyone remembers the national championship game, it was one of the worst played games in all time. Um, just foul after foul. The refs destroyed the game. Um, so that wasn't memorable. Now, Gonzaga going finally breaking the best team to not hit the Final Four um, label and going 30, I think it was 37 and 1, you know, led by Williams Goss and Coach Mark Few. That's a, that's a great story. Um, you know, there was a couple of really fun things watching Xavier beat Arizona in the, in the, Sweet, Six, in the, in the Sweet 16. Um, there, there were South Carolina coming from nowhere to, to make the Final Four. There were some good stories. Come on, Carl. Um, so, but again, as you said, this has been a scandal year. Uh, and it start, And as you said, we, we deal with Adidas in Louisville. With Patino, the all-time coach, is out. And we don't know how... We don't know. How, we don't know how. You know. We don't know how. This is the beginning of it, as far as I can tell. The NTA, obviously, having minimal power, it's the FBI's world on this, and we'll see. We'll see how far it goes. And the one thing that the NCAA has always had a problem with is subpoena power. They have, and and this is the same with all major league sports. When you run an investigation, you can't compel somebody to testify. The only thing you can do is threaten them with their job. Uh, that's similar to what happened in Major League Baseball with 
the international drafting scandal, what's happened in Atlanta with John Capola, Capoella, Capoella. It's all about subpoena power and making you, forcing you to testify. Well, the FBI kind of has that. They can say you're either going to testify or we're going to put you in jail. It's a little bit different than you're going to lose your job. So maybe this is the first time that that we're going to get true NCAA crackdown on recruiting and bigger sports, bigger athletic deals. But I'll tell you, Louisville, you know what? They re-upped with with Adidas. That deal is still going on after, after, quote, evaluating. They said, we saw nothing wrong with it, and we're continuing on. And then you have the flip side where you have – and this is the problem with the NCAA is the hypocrisy and the lack of fine-line distinctions as to how how suspensions and punishments are mitigated. You want to talk about the biggest BS crap of the year, and that's North Carolina escaping any punishment for over 20 years of falsifying classes. And the reasoning is, the NCAA opined, is because, well, they falsify classes, but it wasn't only the athletes that could take that class. Anybody could take the class. Oh, okay, so let's think about this. 60% of the class is being uh, attended by athletes. The class is crap. Donk, uh, what we say? Donkey dung. It's horrible. It's it's. It's a paper, one paper, and you're done. And it's being written by other people. But because anybody could take the class, it's not a uh, it's not a sports violation. More, it's an academic violation, and thus NCAA sports has no power to regulate it whatsoever. Yeah. Well, you buy that? Of course not. But I. You know my feelings on Carolina. I thought they've been dirty for how long? So this 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 doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Disappointing, yeah, surprises me now. And yeah, and the beat goes on. All right. So so what is who's been your surprise? Moving on to college college sports, college football playoff is coming up. In fact, it's uh, starting on New Year's Day. Correct on Monday. Is yep. is the playoff the first two? Who has been your surprise mm-hmm. in the NCAA college football uh, rankings this year? Um, well, I think, first of all, before you even get to this year, you have to start with probably the game of the year, which was the Clemson-Alabama National Championship last year in January for the last football season, but played the first week of 2017, where Deshaun Watson uh, led Clemson to, uh, to the game when he scored with one second left which I thought was just a phenomenal game. Um, major surprises. Uh, I thought Auburn overachieved a little bit, which surprises me because they never really do. Um, there was no major shock. You know, no one was surprised Wisconsin went undefeated against a terrible schedule. Um, there was no – maybe Army winning the commander-in-chief for the first time in like 20-some-odd years. Was a bit surprising, but when you look at the champion, you know you you know you wanted chaos, you wanted chaos, you wanted chaos. But at the end of the day, you, you, look, you look at the four schools 
in the in the playoff. Georgia's always underachieved, so maybe a little bit of a surprise. Um, but Oklahoma, not a huge shock. Clemson, not a huge shock. Alabama, not a surprise at all. And then the number five team was Ohio State, not a surprise at all. So, you know, and your and your Heisman winner was a guy who was in third place last year. So it, it's not exactly. It's it's a you know you it's not chaos what you wanted it's not heavy duty, um, I'm surprised that for the for the second time in four years Maryland went through five quarterbacks, I don't know how that's possible that they keep getting all of them injured but they still they seem to, um, I guess Syracuse beating Clemson is a bit is a big shock, so I'll give you that love and I guess Iowa State really having a good year I think would be the biggest surprise of anybody because they haven't had a good year since ever. So I think so. Kudos to Matt Campbell. Um, that's probably where I'd go with that. Not a huge surprise year in in college football. No, and Matt Campbell got a nice extension due to that, so he's going to be staying at Iowa State for a good amount of time. Probably, I think they got a three million dollar buyout, which to an Ohio State or Clemson is probably not that much, but to others, even top even top conference schools, three million dollars is a good chunk of change for a buyout. Yeah. It'll, it, It'll give pause. Yeah, it'll give a lot of pause. So he may not be going anywhere. I think the biggest surprise for me has been, look, we talk about players that develop in college and, <clears throat> excuse me, and are good college players but may not be good pro players. And the play of, of, um, of Mayfield, for some reason I'm met, missing his first name, Baker. Help me out here. It begins with big. Baker Mayfield. Baker. He's he's developed into a top pro prospect. I mean, he wasn't one last year. And for some reason, he's played a lot better and within the system this year. He's not as he's not the big wild card on the field. Maybe off the field he might be, but at least on the field that he was last year. And I he he cut down on his interceptions. He brought Oklahoma all the way to the top four, and he's played himself into a pro prospect. And, and I look, he's played himself into a Jets prospect in the fact that we may miss out on the top three. So that, that has certainly surprised me. Georgia in the yeah. top four surprised me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to kind of – as good as Baker – you know, the, compar- the obvious comparison with Baker because of his personality has been Johnny Manziel. And the difference being is Mayfield, although, he, you know, Mayfield acts like a college kid, but he works like a professional. Manziel didn't, you know, did, did one but didn't do the other. You know, so it's – now I've seen Mayfield as high as number two to the Giants in, one, in already a pre – in an early draft, which I think I, – I, I don't see it um, for a guy who's six foot. But I can see him fitting in on the Jets. Maybe not at six, but if they trade down. Because the Jets for years have needed a personality. They needed, yeah. you know, they needed something. And you're not getting it from your coach. There's no player on the team that you're getting it from. They've been, and I don't, this isn't actually a diss on the Jets, but they've been pretty blah as a, as a yeah. franchise. This is a guy who's not going to be blah. And, you know, for better or for worse, if it gives you, if it gives you something, it's a starting point. Now, again, I don't know if I would take him at six, but 
at least, you know, it'll be a na- it may be a name in play. Who knows? The question is, yeah, we, the only question is the size. Yeah, we've talked about this before and that the Jets, the last guy that they had that probably made some noise, and you talk about noise, is probably Keyshawn Johnson. Uh, after that, they had good teams, but they had nobody that maybe Wayne Corbett, but he wasn't like the big guy. So I mean, and and we're and we're talking almost twenty years ago. The last guy, and I've said this before, Seth Baker Mayfield can make all the throws. He can even at six feet, he can make the throws. He's got arm strength. It's not a question of that. If this, if he was three inches taller, he'd be in the discussion for number one. I I wholeheartedly believe that. I think he's got the arm, and the last guy that the that the Islanders that the Jets had that could make all the throws, maybe Richard Todd, and before that it was a guy named oh Vinny Testaverde. Sorry, I meant a guy that they had in their prime that made the throws. Testaverde was the guy that made it, but a guy that they had in their prime that could make all the throws (laughs) was maybe Richard Todd, and before that was Joe Namath. I mean. You're looking way, way back. Testaverde can make all the throws at 39, which just gives you an idea as to how good he was, at least his arm. But, yeah, I could definitely see this being Baker Mayfield, uh, New York. And the one thing that the, that the Jets have right now is that the Giants don't have – and I know you don't play Jets versus Giants, but it's inherently that way in New York, the same way you play Mets versus Yankees. The Giants don't have any steam. If the Jets are going to take over this town at least for a little bit, now is the time to do it. Because, believe it or not, it's my opinion that people are not liking the Giants. I don't think people like the way Odell Beckham handles himself. He's a great player, but I don't think they like the way he does it. And if you're going to bust open some of the fandom of New York to the Jets' side. Now's the time to do it, and Baker Mayfield may be that, that guy. They have a great defense, and they really do. They have a great defense, the Jets do. They just need some offense, and I think they can make some ways, even even next year. So, okay, so we went from college football, college basketball, pro football, to baseball. And you're well, we didn't talk about well, we, we didn't talk the two most important things of pro football. Number well, one, the most important thing of pro football, I probably glanced over because it has to do with the Patriots. No, that would be number two. I think number one would be Colin Kaepernick. Okay, fair enough. Well, I, I was waiting for the. He was my last point, but yes, go ahead. Colin Kaepernick is definitely the number one point of this entire year. Yeah, um, you know, led. Based, you know, primarily based on, I'm trying to put this diplomatically, the the thought processes and the tweets of our commander-in-chief, plus what seems to be a reasonable thought process of a blackballing, um, you know, in, in the NFL of a quarterback who, while not a top not a top 20 quarterback at this point in his career certainly could have certainly could have had a job somewhere. Um, the, the amount of protests, the everything that has got the unrest that has come along with this, the, the, the decline in the NFL ratings, both 
uh, uh, on TV, although they've been up so much on video that or on, on the computer that I don't think it's really been as impactful as many people thought. Um, you know, the decline in people attending games, but also because the quality just hasn't been very good. Um, it, it's been a very difficult year in that regard. And then number two, Tom Brady cementing himself as the greatest of all time, coming back from a 28-3 deficit in the Super Bowl against Atlanta. And then you have even one person that you forgot, and that's Roger Goodell. Let me ask you this. Roger Goodell just got a new four-year contract. Is, is this the last contract of Roger Goodell? Is he no. done? No. He says he is, but the owners are still making a boatload of money. He makes a lot of money doing a job I think he pretty much enjoys. Why would he stop you know, well, he wants his answer, legacy. That, he wants his. He wants his legacy like David Stern, like Pete Rozelle, like all these guys do. And his his legacy is pretty much crap at this point. So the only way he can redeem it is over. Is probably over an elongated period of time, not four years. Now you and I have discussed this ad nauseum. And look, we last year was the year of the concussion, and concussions haven't gone down. They've actually gone up this year. Reported ones, anyway. And you and I are completely on the same mind uh, mind path in that we believe that at some point uh, a, a player will die on an NFL field. Um, a breaking of a spinal cord, um, head trauma, what, whatever it could be. Because players don't play the game that they used to play. They play... They launch themselves. They don't tackle the way that they were taught. And I fully believe that if you took off the helmet and you let them play without helmets, you'd have a much different game than you do today. might be a little bit more dangerous, but you certainly have a different game. Now, play Nostradamus. In 10 years, is the NFL still the NFL? <sighs> Meaning... Are they still the? Do they still exist? Are they still the number one sport? Okay, let, um, good, good question. Good follow up. Are they still the number one sport? Do they still have the following that they do today? And is there a rival league? I think. The, I mean, the rumors are Vince McMahon is starting an XFL Part Two. Um, I don't think that's going to gain much traction. I think you'll have a couple years and out, just like he did last time. Um, he doesn't strike me as someone who really learns from this kind of thing. And the way he wants to do it is probably more violent, which is not going to really sell. Um, they'll be the number two behind the NBA because the NBA is just getting more and more popular as the players get more and more popular. And the game gets, unlike the NFL, the game seems to get better and better. Um, so that would be my thought, that they would probably be number two. Um, and it, I don't see baseball making any run. I just don't see it. Okay. Well, let's move on to the NBA because we've got 10 more minutes. So the year of the warrior um, and the year of the rocket. I mean, you can make the case that the Warriors have certainly dominated the last three years. Not make the case. They have. They've absolutely dominated. Do the Warriors have any opponent? that is a legitimate threat going into 2018? No. 
Um, you know, we, we, I remember at our July 4th barbecue or July 4th show, I was at a barbecue at my, at Carly, my wife's house, my mother-in-law's house. And we hosted the show from there. And we said there was really no point in having a 2016 slash 2017 season. Cause that was a big Kevin Durant sign with Golden 20. State. No, yeah. no, no, 2016, yep. 2017. Right, all right. And there You're was. Correct. Yep. The regular season was phenomenal. The the playoffs were awful. Now, I at this point, yes, Houston has been very good, but for, I mean, Chris Paul has never even gone to a conference championship. James Harden still barely plays defense. Is this? I mean, there are going to be a lot of fun, and it'll be a three point. It'll be a lot of fun. If these teams end up getting there. Um, to the conference finals. And Clint Capella is a nice addition, not a nice addition, he's just become a nice player. But at the end of the day, I look at this team, you know, this four of Draymond, Clay, Stephen Curry, and Kevin Durant. I mean, you're talking four of the top 15 players probably in the league. And they complement each other beautifully. I don't see it. With Cleveland, if Isaiah Thomas comes, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I have no idea how Isaiah Thomas will come back. <laughs> and how he'll adjust. Um, to me, until the contracts are up with Clay Thompson and Draymond Green, I don't. I just don't see it. I okay. don't. See it. Well, we'll play Nostradamus twice over. Number one, will Golden State in the next two years re-sign both Draymond Green and Clay Thompson? Thompson? No. Yes. Who will leave? No. Who will leave? Thompson. Okay. We'll trade Thompson. Okay. Number two. On July 16th, 2018, what uniform will LeBron James be in? <clears throat> I have absolutely no idea. I don't even have a I, – I, I guess if I have to lean, I say the Lakers – but I look at that team, and I just don't, you know, I don't know if you want to end your career playing on that team. I mean, what is, what is at the end of the day, what is LeBron really? LeBron is a better scoring magic. That's what he is. Yep. He passes the ball so beautifully. What is the one, I don't think him and Lonzo were really, I don't think, I don't see the great fit. They both pass the ball exceptionally well. Lonzo can't shoot. You know, LeBron's going to be the, the play the four. I mean, I look at the team. I don't know. I, 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 I get it, but I don't see it. And so I don't have the slightest idea. Because I know he's not I'm, – I'm pretty sure he's not coming back to Cleveland. So and okay. he's done his job. You know, so I, I, I have no – you know, there will be no – you know, and he won't leave in the same way he did last time. I have no clue. You okay. have a guess? So my two guesses are kind of a little strange. I think San Antonio? He very well in, no, I think he'd very, fit very well in Phoenix. I think he'd fit extraordinarily well in Phoenix. And they have the cap room. Now, whether he goes there or not is a different story, but he certainly fits well with Devin Booker 
and some of the young bigs that they have. Because the young bigs that they have can't can't shoot worth a lick, but they certainly can rebound. And you have a human pogo stick in Marquise Chris. And then you have Booker who can score, and you have LeBron. That's number one. Number two, could he wind up with Chris Paul and James Harden in, in Houston? And if he does, does that give any semblance to a threat to – Golden State. Oh, yeah, of course. I think it definitely does. Yeah, I think that. And I've I've heard that as well, um, which I think makes Phoenix to me makes no sense. He's not going to go to a team that's not going to compete unless there's a specific business reason for it. Um, Okay. Marquise Chris can jump, but he can't do anything else. Now, I don't know if they have the cap room to do it. I have no idea. I don't think so. I mean, look, LeBron, at worst, is one of the five best players of all time. And to add him to the best, one of the two or three best point guards of the last 15 years and one of the five best players in the league currently, yeah, I don't think that's much of a, much of a, much of a thought. I think it's a no-brainer that they'd be competitive, at, to say the least. Okay, so go first. You have 60 seconds. You have three minutes left. Okay. I mean, as I said, first of all, thanks for everyone who's listened this year, called in this year, um, followed on Facebook. We appreciate it. I mean, the scandals we didn't really discuss, the, the, do, the doping in, in the Russian doping, which is going to exclude them from coming to the Olympics, which is kind of unheard of. Um, the U.S. The gymnasts, all the gymnasts who were who um, you know were abused by the doctor, Doctor Nasser. I mean, what, what can you even say? Uh, the U.S. not not making the World Cup this year is freaking embarrassing. And somehow we didn't touch on probably the best series of the year, Houston, the Houston Astros overcoming a lot and winning the first championship in league history, uh, beating the Dodgers in Game 7, and good for Jose Altuve and good for J.J. Watt as the Sportsman of the Year well-deserved. Agreed. And to Dick Enberg, you will be missed. Um one of the many voices of our our childhood on both on golf. Yes, I watched golf as a kid when I was with my grandfather. Baseball, basketball, this guy did it all. And he did it all with a smile. One of the great... He was the best. Um, he was the best. Like, there, there's no comparison as to the litany of things that he did and how well he did them. He was the utility player, the Swiss Army knife for all of sports broadcasting, and he absolutely will be missed. Next week, again, Tuesday, we'll have our wish list for 2018. Thanks again for joining this entire year. Again on Tuesday next week, we'll see you. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year.